Welcome back to the Knicks Wall at the Buzzer Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Patrick and Candice. We're going to be discussing the Knicks' loss against the Pacers. The final score was 102-122 in the Pacers' favor. This was a painful game. Uh, don't have, I mean, there's a lot to say, but not a lot to say at the same time. Patrick, uh, any takeaways from this game that you want to share? Um, just... The, it, the sloppiness that the Knicks played with tonight, um, they couldn't keep anybody in front of them. The Pacers were getting whatever they want. All the Pacers starters went off. Three of them had 20-point games. Um, Chris Duarte had, um, what's his name, Fournier in, like, on another planet. Fournier couldn't do anything with him. Like, to get like outplayed like that by a rookie. Duarte only missed two shots. He shot two for nine and scored 23 points. The most points on his team. Um, Sabonis had a double-double, 21 points with 11 rebounds. Miles Turner poured in another 22. The Brogdon, 16. Levert, 15. They did whatever they wanted on offense. It was It was such a heartbreaker after feeling... So good after that Spurs win. Uh, it was just uh, just one of those disappointing games where the Knicks break your heart. You know, you feel good for they they let you feel good for a few hours and then they just, you know, rip your heart out the next game. It was just one of those. But we just gotta, you know, move on. You know, and I was hoping that, you know, they, they could get this one and possibly, you know, um went in Toronto before having to go back home and face the Bucks and the Warriors back to back. You know what I'm saying? So this one was really, really a tough pill to swallow to see this. And and it wasn't even competitive. Like the Pacers went on a 9-0 run after the Knicks scored the first four points of the game and they never looked back. The only thing worth watching was that was that OB highlight, that OB between the leg dunk and like the second quarter, I think. And that was pretty much it. After that, the, the Knicks were like dead. And I thought that that would hype the Knicks up, but they didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, they were outscored in the first, second, and third quarters of this game. So it was just one of those, you know, classic Knicks heartbreakers where they're trying to claw their way back into it, but it's just too late, too little too late. Um, they ended up scoring the same as the Pacers in the fourth, but that's not going to be enough to get back into games. And that seems to be the case for a lot of their losses this year. Um, and then they end up relying on their bench. It was this game. I feel like was a very similar loss to what we've seen from a lot of the Knicks losses this season. So I wasn't surprised by how disheartening I, it was and how disheartened I felt after watching this game. But at the same time, it's like, it's getting old. Um, I think that more changes are probably on the way. I don't know in what context. I don't know if that's a lineup change. I don't know if that's a trade, but 
it was it was really disappointing. And the fact that we have starters all in the negatives in terms of their impact on the game. I mean, all of them, every single one of them. Um, and we have a starter that scored seven points in the entire game. I'm oh, not. Don't forget. <laughs> yes. You don't know? forget Taj and uh, Donut. He, yeah. No points. And Taj had nothing. He had nothing tonight. And, you know, I know Noel was hurt, but the whole switching out Noel for Mitch, it worked really great last night. Tonight, switching in Taj when you have Obi right there. Right. Didn't make much sense. Didn't make much sense. So, it, uh, yeah, no, tonight was one to forget. 100%. Um, I was having a donut. That's that's heartbreaking. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm part of the Taj Gibson fan club. and. I was actually really excited to see Taj um, starting in the lineup today. Usually, like, I remember a couple of seasons ago, Fizdale was pulling us off at starting Taj against uh, instead of Mitchell Robinson. The FAMS would have been infuriated, but I think the FAMS was pretty calm because Mitchell Robinson had a really good game off the bench last game. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of bad this game. Early on, I thought it would have been a competitive match because uh, I think early on, Randall was imposing as well against the bonus a little bit. I mean... They always have really good matchups against each other because they're both kind of bruising guys. But early on, you could see the, the Pacers were playing with energy, getting active in transition, pushing the break. Um, they, I mean, like Sean says all the time, like they saw the Knicks as food. Like they were pushing and um, the Sabonis was diamond up players early on. You know, Miles Turner hitting threes, had 20, I think 22 points this game. Incredible, you know, from him. But like uh, you guys were saying earlier, Fournier has been pretty bad all around the entire season. Past couple of games, not giving us about anything on offense. Seven points, four rebounds, one assist, two of six. It's like he's invisible out there on the floor. And it's not like players that like when he's not scoring, he can still give a defensive impact. That's not Fournier. When, if he's not scoring, then he's not giving you anything else on the court and he only played 22 minutes this game. And as a starter, a guy who's been an offensive, like a solid offense player for most of his career, that's not going to cut. I don't know if it's because of Tibbs' offensive scheme and he needs a lot more movement and stuff to get activated, acclimated in the offense. But it's, it's not good to see from Fournier if he's only giving you seven points a game. Patrick, uh, any more takeaways from this game that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, you said it, man. Fournier, like, if he's not giving you anything on offense, he's not giving you anything else, you know? Like, you asked me in the beginning of the pod, like, and that's the first thing that stood out to me. He got outdone in every facet of a of, of the game by a rookie. Duarte took him to school. And it, it's, it, that was, that it was, was just so, so frustrating. But, um... Oh, one of the few positives that I take away from the game was RJ was real efficient. He kept up his scoring, you know. He shot 5 of 12 um, for 19 points, which was really encouraging to see. So, you know, I mean, th that's one of the one of the nice things that I saw RJ, you know, he 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 I it looks like he has he's getting his mojo back, which is really good. Um but yeah, man, it just it's just looking back at the at the box score and everything is, is like the Pacers and, and just how dominant they were. And even 
like the field, like the Pacers shot 53.5% from the field. They they out rebounded the Knicks. They had 10 more assists. They had eight, they had eight steals. They had like it, they, they just outclassed the team in they they outclassed the Knicks in every facet of the game. They had 60 points in the paint compared to the Knicks 44. They had 20, like they had 26 fast break points. Like they were doing whatever they want. I don't know if it was the flight from Texas that, you know, the Knicks maybe were jet lagged. And I heard them say that they didn't get to the hotel till like 5 a.m. They didn't get to bed. So maybe that had a lot to do with it. Maybe they were, you know, um, they were tired, you know, but it, it was just, it was just really, really rough to see. Like, I, I just can't put it into words like it was just bad all around yeah and given that they don't exactly have the easiest schedule coming up this would have been nice to have busy like two wins on the road get the job done and you know get the job done against toronto as well before you face the bucks and the warriors who either they're going to play up to them because you know that's what they seem to do this season where they play up to the comp- the competition and, you know, they actually put up a fight um, or they're going to get obliterated <laughs> just based on the defense that they've been displaying as of late and just the offense having no just aptitude right now. There's no cohesion. Um, I feel like the first time I saw any of that type of cohesion was yesterday, which is why I was so uh, encouraged for tonight. But going forward, I'm not sure if I feel like that whole playing up to the competition is going to actually stay the storyline for them. Um, I hope it does, but they have a tough schedule coming up and they've dug themselves into a tiny hole at the moment. I hope that they're able to get themselves out of, but they're not going to do it playing the way that they play tonight. Yeah. This, yeah, I, yeah, this is such a uh, interesting loss because usually it's, um, even when the starters are not playing up to par on like that first half, you have a moment where the bench comes in and they play as well. Um, they play well and kind of lead the uh, lead us back into the game. But the Pacers played their starters a lot. Like each one of their starters played I mean, roughly about 30 minutes. Karis Levert played only, only played 27 minutes. But whenever those starters are in the game, like I said yesterday, they play really well and up to par. It's only when their bench comes in and they kind of mix and match with those guys. They don't play up to par. But these guys are you know locked in as a unit and. You know, see, they play comfortably together. Uh, you guys touched on it earlier. Chris Duarte, uh, it's amazing how how well he played um, against Fournier. Like you, like you guys said earlier, you expect Fournier to be a vet and, you know, hold his own against him. But, you know, sometimes he looks like he's an old man out there. Um, I, his feet aren't as quick as they used to be. I don't know if they were really ever that quick. But, you know, it's it's not it's not good to see from – must as a roster. Uh, there was some bright spots off the bench. I mean, IQ with Toppin always have a really good connection. Toppin 13 points off the bench, 19 minutes. Uh, it was good to see um, Tibbs uh, feel comfortable to run some small ball between him and Randall at points this game. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's giving them a look. Uh, hopefully he gives them some more time. Um, Rose, I think he had a really good game. He's always efficient with those floaters. I mean, he only scored four or ten this game, but I, I, he missed two threes. Uh, those the Rose mysteries hurt a lot, uh, especially because he's been shooting like forty five percent on the season. Probably dropped down to maybe 
you know, back to his his mean at this point. But yeah, Rose, I feel like he's he's always he's always good. Seven assists this game, along with five rebounds, eight points. Can't ask for more. He's he's just he's always solid whenever he checks into the game. Mitch Robinson, I feel like he was kind of quiet compared to last last game when he had eight offensive rebounds. Um, you know, Sabonis is a, a big presence down there, and you you know, he 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 couldn't like bully his way to get rebounds and stuff like that. But uh it's it's a tough loss. Tough loss. No, no really great bright spots in this game. They never never really had a a moment where they um imposed their will or felt like they're gonna storm back. No. I mean, I think they had like a small run where they scored like nine points in like the third quarter, or something like that. But after that, nothing, nothing really, nothing really sharp from the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go for it. Yeah, no. Um, like you said, Candace. Um, the Knicks can't do this. Um, playing up or down to the competition, that's not sustainable. You can't win. You like, you got to be consistent. Like, like for instance, today the bench was a little. You know, they didn't. Like against the Spurs yesterday, they scored forty-seven points. You know, like we the the Knicks up to now have had one of the best benches in the league. Like tonight, they didn't really give much. Like Mitch, um, um, Josh just mentioned uh, Mitchell Robinson. Mitch only had one field goal and scored four points. You know, compared to like yesterday and what he did in that game, where he he had a double double eleven minutes into the game, he had a double double. So I mean. I'm guessing it's the travel, like the travel is insane to go from Texas, you know, and then fly up north to um, Indiana. And then it's like, I don't know. I, I just feel like a lot of factors went into this, you know, like just because the Knicks looked so good yesterday, you know, they look so cohesive, like the unit looked good. The starters all look good, like everything looked good. And then I guess, I don't know, like I, I guess the travel must have, uh, messed with their bodies or something because how is it that you know from one day to the next like they just lose all cohesiveness you know what i'm saying like that's that's what's that that's was that's was worrying to me a little bit you know how they how they just lose it like that i don't know it's just one of those disappointing things that you could look at a million different things but it's just you know they just weren't good enough tonight you know Oh, and I want to give a, a a shout out to Alec Burks too. He he continues to do his thing quietly. He poured in another fifteen on the low, and he's just doing what he has to do. You know, he's just filling his spot and just doing exactly what he has to do. Yeah, Alec Burks is a a small bright spot this game. Twelve points, didn't hit a three, which is pretty surprising. I feel like they kind of went to him at moments to kind of bail him for like a bailout bucket, and you know that's. Not always this game. You want to get him buckets in the for the offense. So, I mean, as a starter, he's been playing pretty well. His efficiency hasn't been amazing. Uh, this game might balance out that efficiency a little bit. But, um, uh, you know, 15 points, two rebounds, no assists. I mean, that's one of those downsides of him as a point guard. He's not always going to initiate the offense and stuff like that, uh, especially a game where Randall only gets two assists. You can see at those moments where the offense isn't um, – up to par, running as smoothly. Uh, just want to talk about a little bit more about the the flow of this game from the Knicks. Uh, still no offensive rhythm from this this bunch. It's really depressing. I feel like they they don't make the Indiana Indiana Pacers work. I feel like um they have strong one on one defenders. Sabonis um can hold his own against Randall. Um even guys like uh 
you know, Miles Turner can hold his own against RJ Barrett. I remember um RJ Barrett was driving against him and you know, Miles Turner just, you know, he's he's a good defender, he's a good shot blocker and stuff like that. And you know, we can't you know bail them out and by you know trying to bully against them all the time you know we got to get creative and move around move the ball around um yeah. thing about rj barrett um i feel like if you said earlier he had a really good offensive game but i feel like at times he still kind of tries to bully his way to the basket a little bit more like i remember one time he was not really aware of miles turner behind him and got smacked against the backboard but you know that's growing pains uh, i feel like a lot of his drives are pretty okay he had like a couple of fancy finishes. I remember one time he kind of got stuck in the post, kind of pivoted off his foot and got a nice um, layup in that in um, in that in that sequence. So um, decent from RJ Barrett. You know, three or five from three, solid again. Yeah, he looked he looked solid compared to the last game. I mean, obviously the last game he finally broke out of that shooting slump. So it was just fantastic. And I know personally, I felt very positively about it, but. Tonight, he was just kind of doing what he could. Um, like you guys already touched on, Miles Turner is such a paint presence. There's not a lot that you can do against that. Um, then you have Sabonis on top of that. So, you know, the type of player that Barrett is where he does try to cut to the basket often uh, to try to get it going for himself, it wasn't going to work out as much as it might against another team. Um, that front court is just very strong defensively and just size-wise. And other than that, though, I think that of all the starters, he definitely had the best game, in my opinion. Um, Burks is definitely up there, as you guys also touched on. But, I mean, the flow is there when they get ball movement going. And without a point guard, or I guess a true point guard, quote-unquote, in the starting rotation, I don't see how that's going to start to happen. Um, In addition to that, to have the backcourt addition of Fournier in the mix. You know, I, I noticed a lot that Fournier will kind of freeze in the moment when he should be dishing it out to somebody. Like in the last game, I feel like he missed RJ Barrett quite a few times in the corner. And I was getting flashbacks from like Alfred Payton from last year, just completely missing RJ in the corner all the time. Um, so that was pretty annoying to see because it's just something that something so small that could really get them going and get a flow going and a rhythm. Um, last night, I think they finally did find that rhythm at times. And that's why they, I feel like did so well, but tonight it was just a lot of stagnant ball movement. Um, a lot of one-on-ones and just a lot of cuts to the basket that were never going to be successful just because you have miles Turner standing there. Yeah, they, they looked really sloppy. I don't know. Like, I, I just felt like th- there was a few, like, early passes where I was like, this this does not look good. And I don't know. They just I, The Knicks just played a really sloppy game on top of, you know, not pl- not keeping anybody in front of them. You know, the Pacers did whatever they wanted on offense. So it, it was just like, I, it was just, just not, I don't know. It, it just wasn't crisp. You know, the Knicks weren't, like, crisp. They just looked out of it, you know. Um, but, you know, it, I don't know. It, it, it's just hard to explain just, like, how how out of it they were, you know. Like, the Pacers, from after after they went on their little run, like, they never looked back. 
I don't think the Knicks got the, the got the lead um to single digits after 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 the Pacers run on the run, if I'm not mistaken. Like they they dominated the game from beginning to end. They, I mean, there was no the, not even the the panted fake Nick comeback, you know, like it wasn't. It we didn't even get that tonight, and even even in the third quarter, like you you guys know well that the third quarter is the boogeyman. The Pacers started the third quarter on a 10-0 run, like clockwork, ten straight points, put up, built up their lead to twenty three points, and that's all she wrote. It was over after that. Yeah, uh, during the game, I was um, thinking about that article that came by the Pacers, and um, I was really wondering why would that article really come out? And, you know, I'm thinking that it possibly could have came out because, you know, the Pacers want to give their players a little bit more motivation. I'm just speculating at the moment. uh, These guys are still a really good group, and, you know, if you see a report come out like that, you're going to probably go to your front office and be like, yo, what's this coming out about our team? We're still, we're still fighting for something this season. And, you know, their front office can deflect it and say, you know, these are the reporters. They're going to report a lot of stuff. That didn't come from us. We still believe in you. Uh, and that could be a motivation to go out and prove these people wrong, that they can still build some, they can still be a consistent and cohesive group. And, and they came out with um, vigor. They came out with a the fight. They didn't want to give up. They didn't say that um, this season is a lost cause. Uh, they came out and they fought and they, they beat us. Um, a team in the Knicks who... You know, we believe that we should be a better team than them, and the Pacers saw themselves as a better team. Uh, but this game, like Candace was saying, this is um, it's a it's a disappointment, and it really shows that we still have a lot more roster modifications that we need to to make. Um, like you're saying, we still don't have a point guard, and looking back at the off season, you can kind of see where it's it's kind of a failed off season. Kemba Walker experiment didn't go well. Not at all. Experiment hasn't gone well at all. And, you know, we're kind of back at the same point where we were, we were last season. Um, right. With, without, we're with worse defenders and not as much intensity. And we don't have that, that, um, the identity of being underdogs anymore. We, we, I mean, we, we, we say, we said we're here all the time last year. We're here. We're here. And, you know, we're not, if, if we're not here. <laughs> you, we're saying we're here and, where are we? We're below 500 right now. And it's a disappointment. We, you know, we're saying uh, a whole lot of Miles Turner um, rumors on the timeline, Twitter timeline, but, you know, he's not going to fix all our problems. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like you said about, about the Pacers, like, like they probably saw that, that news and it was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, you know, let us, let us get into a groove or whatever, but, if if they are really setting, that was a hell of a showcase they put on because they went off. You know, yeah. like if if you if you want to see what the Pacers are about or or whatever it is that you're getting, just look at that game tonight, and you'll see what the what you'll possibly be getting from those guys. And like you just said, Josh, like you know, like the off the off season looks like a failure because Kemba's bench indefinitely and Fournier, he's not doing what he's brought here to do and the Knicks sacrificed um their their like their really good defense from last year for more offense and it just hasn't worked you know like we're not getting the output that we signed up for you know and it's like 
I, I was looking at stats earlier, and the Knicks were the number one three-point defense in the league, and they were the number three um, shooting defense. Well, they were actually tied for second with Brooklyn for the most efficient three-point um, offense. You know, and that's gone. Like, everything is middle of the road now. Like, the, like all of that. Like, so, so they lost their defensive prowess, and they didn't gain anything offensively. So, you know, what are they doing? You know what I'm saying? So it's just and and it was in full effect this game. It was in full effect this game. Yeah. I mean, it sucks to think that all the people that said that they were overachieving last season might have been right. Yeah, fluke season, fluke Randall season. Yeah. Shoot. I'm just like, no, no, no. Like they're it's, like, it's I'll own up to it. <laughs> like I predicted that they were gonna win like 50. 51 games this season just because I was like there's you know I said it's gonna be a 50 piece yeah I, you know, I quoted Giannis in, in our in the next four article like that's, that's looking rough right now yeah I am um, I was thinking about our predictions I think I, I think I did 45 wins I, I did a little bit because I was feeling 52 but I was like let me be a little conservative because but I mean we, it, it, listen I, I don't blame you guys we were feeling good, like it, it looked good on paper. It still looks good on paper. Yeah, we were, you know, it's we're just extremely it's, excited for that Kemba Walker signing. It's supposed to be a a spark plug for us, a big upgrade over Alfred Payton, as we all thought. And you know, like we said, it wasn't all on Kemba. I still think he has a lot to uh, provide as a play NBA player, but he wasn't, you know, helping us in the right aspects of the game. And you know. You said none of us, none of the players are helping us in the right aspects of the game as well. But no, it's tough. And Tibbs can't go back on decision right now, especially after he benched him. Yeah, like, I mean, who knows? Like, who knows if he could have, you know, sparked some offense in, in the second unit, you know, because they were struggling early, you know? And maybe, you know, Kemba off the bench would have sparked something, you know? But. You know, we'll, we'll never know, <laughs> but it's just, it, it's just tough, man, to see like you, like you see the potential the Knicks have. I mean, we saw yesterday how good they could look. And then, then we see how bad it could be um, tonight, you know? And it's just like, what are they? You know, like, we don't know what this team is yet because they're a 500 team, you know? So it's like, we don't know how good or how or 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 how bad they really are that's the thing we don't know what the Knicks are like like Josh said Josh said that the Knicks had this underdog mentality they had this underdog um, identity last season this year we don't know what the Knicks are exactly but if we could just touch on this next game against the Toronto Raptors uh I'm feeling a little worried these Toronto Raptors, um, they're about, I'm worried to say, too. They're, about they're about the same as us in the standings, but um, these Knicks Siakam back? Yeah, Siakam is back playing the, oh. the running back center. Oh. That, that could be that could be worrisome. Oh uh, yeah, Scotty Barnes, long defensive guy. Uh, I think, so I think I think OG. I think he might be out. I don't know if he's he's been back yet. Um. But yeah, these these guys, they're they're a problem. 
especially yeah. their their scoring guards. Um, for Van Fleet, I think. Uh, who else? Uh, what's his name? The, the small point guard they drafted last year, Malachi Flynn. I know he had, he's been his minutes have been down this season a little bit, but you know these those guys, they're um, you know, they they can sneak up on you any game. You, you can't sleep on them at all. I think they tonight had like a game winner or uh, Fred Van Fleet, who I feel like not always kills us. I just feel like in recent games, the Raptors have been really like given the Knicks very signature heartbreaking games. <laughs> but I think that Fred Van Fleet just hit a game winner or something to that effect tonight in their game what? against. I'm not sure who they were playing. The thunder, um, but I, but it says I don't know. Maybe this is off, but it says that the thunder won the game. Maybe maybe it didn't count. But um, uh, okay. I'm looking at ESP. I'm looking at ESPN right now, and it says the the thunder won one ten to one oh nine. So that's what I'm seeing. But you know, but it might have I mean, been like a yeah yeah. It might have been one of those like you know, it was he, he still had the ball in his hand when the buzzer went off or something. But um, yeah, like the Raptors are getting the Raptors are getting well, you know. Like the first time the Knicks faced them, they didn't have um, Siakam. Now they do. It looks like it seems like they'll have their full complement of players outside of Barnes. I think um, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is still there. Um, OG is going to be out. They they started Chris Boucher. Oh, OG, OG. Okay. So yeah, um, I mean, we'll see how that goes. You know. Like, we can't, like, that's another team that, you know, if the Knicks were playing like they're supposed to be, it'd be one of those games where you're like, okay, this is a winnable game, but it's this one to also in the balance because you don't know. And this team is, Toronto's also struggling. They're 11 and 14. Um, so, I mean, that could go either way. But, you know, me, like, right now I'm giving the edge to Toronto, for like, just because of what I saw today. But then, you know, it could be one of those games where the Knicks step up and it's like, all right, let's bang this one now before we have to go face a gauntlet against, you know, Giannis and Steph Curry that's waiting for us at home, you know? So maybe they could pull this one out, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and it looks like Toronto also has that, like, issue where they're worse at home than on the road. And they're going to be in Toronto, I believe, for this game. So maybe okay, that'll play yeah. to the Knicks' favor since they're a better away team. They, they yeah, that, I don't know what it is, but can't yeah. perform <laughs> at MSG. Yeah, yeah. See that? That's another weird, weird thing because everybody talks about how they love playing at MSG. Everybody plays good at MSG except the Knicks. Like what? You know, like that's another weird thing. But the Knicks have proven to be road warriors, so maybe, so maybe they'll pull this one out. You know, I, I, I was really hoping that they could sweep this little road trip. You know, this little these last three games before they head home. But you know, hopefully they could salvage it. And yeah, but this Raptors game is, like we're saying, it's going to be a crucial game. It might be a, a pivotal game of the season because we have those next two huge games coming against. You know, probably could be the finals, the finals teams, the Bucks and the Warriors. So, yeah, you know, if we lose these next three games, our season could very well be like on a on a downslide. We could be looking at tankathon ratings. 
uh, could be in the depths, and it's it's okay to be a bad team when you have young talent, and you know you have low expectations. But we had high expectations this season to be a top six team. A lot of people were trying to say that, you know, you know we might not be the four seed again, but I still feel confident that we could be somewhere in that five, seven range. But right now, if we're optimistic, we'll be lucky if we get into that upper side of the playing tournament right now with the East being so competitive. And, you know, this is going to be a, you know, you know, a measuring stick for um, how good this Knicks team is. These Raptors are long and um, defense-oriented oriented, oriented, and you know, if we can't come out here with a good offensive effort and or and a good defensive effort, then you know it's gonna be um it's gonna be tough. Uh Candace, any last thoughts about um what the Knicks need to come out with towards this for this um Toronto Raptors game? I just wanna see some type of defensive effort. Um I think that Toronto, as you said, are also very defensively minded. So it's going to be a battle. Um, I didn't think that tonight was going to be a battle other than uh, the Sabonis Randall matchup that didn't even end up being a thing. Um, and so I'm just hoping that they kind of get that, that fire under them again for this game, especially um, they're so evenly matched. I feel like there's a good chance that they will be able to compete with them at a pretty high level when they take them on. Um I'm hoping that Fournier gets back on track. Um, he, they need him. They need him to produce offensively. Um, and I hope that they are able to contain Siakam just because he seems to always play pretty well against us. Him and Fred Van Vliet, I think, are the players. So really watch to see how the Knicks contain them in this next game. Don't sleep yeah. on Gary Trent. He cooked this last game. Gotta, oh, yeah. I love Gary Trent. I love him. I wish that the Knicks could assign him, but um, yeah, I'm scared of him too. <laughs> He's <laughs> definitely a threat. He's an outside threat for sure. So, it's gonna be a tough game. Uh, gotta yeah. gotta play with some intensity. Gotta play with some. Yeah. Um, I just have one last thought. Um, just make it till um December fifteenth, maybe. There's a magical trade there that the Knicks can make it to to improve the team. Maybe there's a a point guard there, you know. Maybe Leon Rose and Worldwide West and those guys can work their magic and get somebody in here because um, the Knicks were kind of in the same position last year around this time where they were hovering around 500 and then they made the trade for Derrick Rose and you know they they kind of took off. So maybe you know they pull something off like that again and. You know, just try to stay, keep their head above water. You know, bang this one now against Toronto, hold it down against these these tough opponents, and just try to just you know tread tread these 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 uh these crazy waters right now. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what that trade's gonna be. Um, I mean that Derrick Rose trade was a miracle. I, I didn't even think it was going to be that successful. I was a little worrisome when that Derrick Rose trade went through because um, Derrick Rose's last tenor. I think it wasn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I mean, I wasn't watching basketball so in-depth back then, but, you know, Derrick Rose now is he's revelation. He's a oh, yeah. changed player I'm, in a better headspace and all, and it's it's beautiful to watch. 
Yeah, you're not the only one, though. Nobody expected this from Derrick Rose. I mean, we all love Derrick Rose, but nobody expected to do what he did for the team last season. But, you know, hopefully the Knicks go, you know, work some kind of magic and, you know, they, they find somebody else to come in here and help us and help and help the team out. Yeah, for sure. But thank you for listening to another episode of the Knicks Wall at the buzzer. Hopefully on Friday we have a better effort from these Knicks and we will not be in pain like we are for this this podcast and you know the next running our night so thank you for listening and getting this far on the podcast we'll be back at it on friday with another podcast for you guys to listen to thank you and have a good one